walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host of the hardest part of the ring, Kyle Bird. How's everybody doing today? How 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 hibbity hibbity? How's everybody doing today? Happy holiday season, everybody. Got your holiday shopping done, everybody? Huh? Huh? I haven't. Cause I am the gift. I am the gift. I'm gonna keep the receipt though. But um, yeah. Speaking of gifts, got a gift for you today. In total non-stop action, Turning Point 2006 uh, also occurred in December, so it's uh, roughly an anniversary show, I guess, of, of this show. So uh, just, you know, an overall, a very holiday-themed uh, episode, huh? Jingle, jingle. Um, but yeah, Turning Point 06, TNA, so we are... Diving headfirst into the Kurt Angle era of TNA. This is when things start really popping off. Um, this show, of course, made evented by the rematch of Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. If you'll remember from my previous TNA episode, which, by the way, if you have not checked that out, check her out in the archives. Hey, check out the entire timeline in the archive, by the way. Go to apronbump.com. Go to the episodes tab. Select TNA. And that'll bring you to all of the TNA events that I've reviewed, that I've covered, starting from their very first three-hour proper pay-per-view in 2004, all the way through 05, and now all the way through 06. TNA is a special, special creature. It is, I mean, we're really getting to this era where it's just lots of wackiness, but just enough good shit to keep us going. Um, so go check that out. Links also in the description below. Check out all the TNA stuff. It's always a good time. But yes, I was saying this show, we got Kurt versus Joe two. Their first match at Genesis 2006 ended up with Kurt Angle uh, ending Samoa Joe's uh, what 18 month winning streak in a tremendous match. Kurt Angle's wrestling or his pay-per-view debut. Um, so that was a big show. And now we got the follow up here in a match that's maybe better. I think it's pretty similar in my opinion, but we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the nuts and bolts of the match, but it's spoiler alert. Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle in 2006 was a good match. Spoilers. I know. Um, but again, 
that like that's the last thing you see. So you're like, yeah, TNA is great. TNA is some good stuff. But then you got, you got. Look, after I got finished watching this show, right? I uh I threw this out in the Discord, which by the way, also got a Discord going on. Also, link in the description. Give her a join ski, why don't you? We'd love to have you. But I threw this out in the Discord, and I was like, I'm starting to think TNA might not. I'm starting to think TNA might not be that good. And I know it's very, to say it's not good would be wrong, but I think it's very hit and miss. This show had a lot more misses, I think, than hits. But it, like I said, it's just all over the place. It's, it's hilarious to, to recap and to just talk about. But watching the show, it's like, what the hell is going on? Because you got like Kurt and Joe doing good stuff. You got Daniels defending the X Division title against Saban, but even that's got its shenanigans. You got AJ Styles is beginning to turn heel against Rhino, and his asshole's out during this entire match. You got Eric Young in a bikini contest. You got VKM is here doing skits, challenging Vince McMahon. You got Kevin Nash in the X Division. You got a flag match between, you know, America's Most Wanted and LAX. America versus Mexico. No way this could end badly, right? So there's a lot going on in this show, and I think we should, we might as well just get into it. But first, got to give a shout out to my lovely, lovely, delicious guest, Charlie from uh, I guess he's still he's still in the Get Show podcast, uh, cult faction, whatever you want to call it. Uh, go check out Charlie on social media. He's a good follow on social media, as well as the Get Show podcast boys, of course. Uh, Charlie, you know, is I think there's heat backstage in the Get Show camp. I think um, I think there was an episode, you know, a year ago or so where Charlie wanted to use real glass uh, on the podcast. They wanted to do like a little bit. Um, but Justin was like, no, we're not using real glass. And then Charlie was like, fuck you, buddy. And then he be you know, he pinned him against the wall and choked him and fondled him. And it was, it's a whole thing. You know, I don't want to get into all the, I don't know what I'm legally supposed to say, but uh, a lot of drama, a lot of backstage heat. So Charlie is no longer with the get show podcast, but go check out the get show podcasts. Anyways, I guess we had just on uh, just a few weeks ago. So, you know, they're good boys. They talk about wrestling. They talk about pop culture. They blend the two. They do fun stuff. They have fun talking wrestling. And whatever tickles their pickle. So go check them out. All that's in the description as well, wherever you listen to the podcast. And go check out Charlie. I think he has a uh, a mango cart under the highway somewhere in Chicago. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, that, I think that about does it, right? At Apron Bump. Follow me if you want. Subscribe to the YouTube. Leave comments, likes, ratings, reviews, belly button tickles, all of those things. And I think that's it. Let's get into it, baby. TNA, Turning Point, 2006, with myself and Charlie. Just Charlie. Charlie's here. He's hungover. He's gay. We'll be in this oh together. A couple of, couple of pretty Asians up in this bitch, huh? All day, every day. Um, Are you on a work trip? Yeah. But, like, I, I knew I had this podcast this morning, but my dumb ass, I... I got fucking hammered last night. <laughs> Why do I feel like this has been the story like every time we've done a podcast together? Probably, but <laughs> this time is worse because I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh-huh. They told me that there's the female to male ratio was like 
fucking nine to one, and they weren't kidding. Um, <laughs> players went out last night, and I was like, oh my god! But yeah, I got destroyed. Like, man, if you don't want to see my like, so I had to kick, I had to kick my my roommate out, and then um, and there's like puke all over the floor, so I'm gonna have to pick, I'm gonna have to clean that up later. So we're just gonna be talking about Kip James when there's puke like right to your left. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what is actually the, the perfect environment to talk about. Be the, uh... <laughs> it's not there yet. The puke. It's it's gonna be there. Let's get uh, you have a pile uh, for it to be designated for. You know, you just gotta add to it. <laughs> so how's life, man? I think I feel like it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, good. Like I get like. Uh, I know you, you guys know about my new house, but yeah, I'm on a work trip. I'm moving on up. So I'm actually down in South Carolina training new officers. Like I'm, I, they literally flew me out from Chicago to train new officers down here in, in, uh, in Charleston. So I'm yeah. going to be here for a bit. So Hell yeah, man. I have friends from Charleston. They say it's an awesome town. I've never been. I want to go though. You know how many people have told me like they, the second they've come here, like they fell in love with the city. Like yeah, it's like become like a huge destination over the past couple of years. I feel like, yeah, man. Like I would like I never knew. I honestly never knew like how how amazing this place was. But so far, I've only been here for a week, so like it's 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 been all right. You know, I can't complain. Like I'd I'd rather you know I miss home, but this is my second. Yeah. Home, I guess. Cliches aside. Ooh. Okay, CM Punk. Yeah, we get it. You're from Chicago, Charlie. Jesus oh my God! Christ. Don't even start with me with that bullshit. It's just, no, I just <laughs> I told you we're gonna be talking about TNA, but it's really gonna be CM Punk podcast. The the hypocritical CM Punk podcast. Yeah, exactly. Because we need more of those, right? I can't well, wait when he's on New Japan. And we're like, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> when he's in the battle of the Super Juniors. Exactly, and all the Japanese be like, ah. <laughs> They'll eat it up. Oh, they love it over there. They probably oh, love dude. them some CM Punk. They would. Wait, how would they go again? Uh, <laughs> Gazira. <laughs> well, no Japs on this show, but I don't think, right? I don't think there were any. Well, well, well I guess we'll uh, ponder as we we saunter through it. Uh, but turning point. <laughs> turning point, man. So uh, you got a chance to check out this little ditty of a program. I actually went like since I since um I forgot about this show I went on to YouTube and I just wa- I listened to a, a person's clip notes version of it so now mm. I know everything about the show it's gonna be amazing it's perfect this little kid who like didn't know how to use his his, his uh his own camera so he only see his fucking forehead and he's just like the four the four ring match was so good <laughs> so now I know everything about this episode was it you was it your review <laughs> when the show happened <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's um, th- I mean, t- this is probably like one of the weaker shows that I've seen from TNA. Personally, I don't know if you felt the same way. Well, um, I, mean, I never really watched TNA because, like, yeah, I yeah. guess it was never like it wasn't that available. You know what I mean? So, so this was like one of my first like real dives into like 2006 TNA, and I mean, I don't know what to compare it to, but I thought it was pretty good. Okay, yeah, no, that's a reason. But I guess if you're coming into this like cold. Yeah. Like without comparing to previous shows, the crowd I thought sucked throughout the entire show. But um, and it was very heavy on the segments, whereas TNA they've 
been trying to like cultivate this like identity of like being the wrestling company, which sounds familiar. Um, but they're very heavy on the soap opera and the goofy segments here. Um, I guess overall, what you think of the show before we dive into it? It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. I mean, like, I was. I was entertained. But um, I mean, I mean, we'll definitely get into it. But like that flag match, and oh my god. But other than that, the, I think I thought the wrestling quality is really good. I love, love, love. Like if if I was watching like two hobos fighting, I would love to have Tanay and and um and Don West call it. And they then he hits him with another another box to the head, and he pulls out a shard of glass. I'm like these two guys can like call anything. <laughs> no, they're uh, top top three duo of all time in my opinion for 100%, 100%. sure. Percent, Who who are your top two then? Just uh, Mike Adamley and Taz, and um, who would be the other one? I guess maybe Match Match Striker and Vampiro. <laughs> Play my fucking music. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I think of when I think of Vampiro. Now it's. It's just a shame because they were actually kind of entertaining in Lucha Underground for a little bit, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I can't stand Matt Strucker, but teach your own. <laughs> he's very divisive. I feel like he's. I, I get it. I feel like Lucha Underground was probably his best work, for I, sure. I, I just, yeah. It's just that he just comes off as trying too hard. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, but you know, there's a balance between trying too hard and like, oh, hey, good, you're giving effort, kind of. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's like. I'm cool, right, guys? I'm cool, right? I'm cool. Exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll like him one day. Um, yeah. But a guy who never tries hard, it's Kevin Nash, <laughs> who is here. You mean the X Division legend? The X Division pioneer, Kevin Nash, a man who has established the style that all of these gentlemen in this match uh, utilize. So we got the Paparazzi Championship Series. It's the first of many matches, I guess, or many like competitions of some sort. But it's a uh, it's a five man elimination match. We got Jay Lethal versus Alex Shelley versus Senshi versus Sanjay Dutt versus Austin Starr. So, <laughs> so I guess it's gonna be a series of matches over like impacts following this or whatever. But this is the first one. The winner of this gets five points, and then the people who get eliminated get four, three, two, one, depending on when they're eliminated in this match. So, uh, I so you said you never really watched TNA, so you're not familiar with all this Kevin Nash X Division tomfoolery. No, not at all. It's fantastic. It's the best thing TNA ever did. I think it's because uh, Nash is trying to give personality to the X Division. Because it's a lot of guys that are like good wrestlers, but they like they need a little something. So they've been like, dude, they do skits on Impact and things like that. Nash thinks Sanjay Dutt is on on gas. It's a whole thing. <laughs> uh, the, Nash is probably the highlight of this on commentary, to be honest. I mean, the, the in ring stuff was pretty good, um, but I thought I thought it was a solid way to start the show. What did you think about it? Same, like it was fun, and like I feel like you you asked me to be on any podcast that Senshi or Low Key is on. because uh, i'm like oh here we go another senshi match but um no no i I thought it was really good and like i was wildly entertained but mainly because of senshi (laughs) yes like like unintentionally is like my favorite fucking wrestler right now (laughs) dude the way he 
annihilated Jay Lethal with that dr- shotgun drop kick. Thank you. It just like, knocked his spleen out of his asshole, I think. Like him and Kenta are two people that I don't think that they realize that wrestling is a work. Mm, have they ever Keep faced each other? They have in Ring of Honor. I think it was like a final oh. battle that year, I believe, like 2006 or something. They faced each Hello. other. And then it was like, it was probably the, like, it was probably the most stiff match I've ever seen. Ever Like, very stiff. Mm. X videos. Mm. But like, yeah. Was... <laughs> Sorry. Well, speaking but... of stiff, speaking of stiff, there's a lot of ball play in this match. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, 100%. It was like, poor, like, freaking, uh, what's his name? Poor Sanjay Dutt, man. <laughs> it's like, Ooh. do you think? Uh, so we got his nuts dragged o- o- along the top rope by Alex Shelley. Yep. But it's like it's a smooth rope. So do you think that might feel good? Actually, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have to find out someday. <laughs> like those, I saw those ropes I saw, are now probably smell like a <laughs> Rogan Josh or Curry. <laughs> Does the sweat like does your sweat scent depend on your ethnicity? <laughs> yeah, like the yeah, like the other way. Like I I I hit I hit my my um my nuts on the table and it smelled like fucking uh basil chicken, so I don't know. <laughs> oh <laughs> basil chicken. It's probably not that far off to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. But you are what you eat, sir. <laughs> as that's true. That's why I am dog. So we got uh, Lethal, uh, Lethal and Alex Shelley. The, the way Lethal, they're like they're like on a collar and elbow tie up, and then Shelley like straddles the middle rope to try to get out of the ring, and then Lethal just like casually kicks the rope up to his dick. Um, those were my highlights of the match, the uh, dick and ball play, but uh, and Senshi of course, because this match is really it's five people, but in reality it's kind of like two teams, and also Senshi. Because it's Lethal and Dutt, who are still together to this day. Um, Because they're aligned together, and Alex Shelley and Austin Starr, a.k.a. Austin Aries, are together in the paparazzi. And then Senshi's just bald in the corner by himself. (laughs) But um, the ending stretch, I mean, so the eliminations kind of come pretty quick. Uh, Sanjay Dutt hits a cutter to Alex Shelley and then rolls into a camel clutch because he's, you know, ethnic, so he has to do a camel clutch. Um, and then so he has it on Alex Shelley. Shelley tries to get to the ropes, but then Austin Starr pulls the entire camel clutch to the middle of the ring. So Shelley has to tap out. So we got some tension between the uh, the paparazzi guys, which will come into play at the finish of this match as well. Low key just disintegrates Jay Lethal's midsection with a kick for the elimination of Lethal. Then Austin Starr hits Sanjay Dutt with a punt to the head, a brain buster, and a 450 to eliminate Sanjay. So now we just got Senshi versus Starr at the end. So Starr hits Senshi with a brain buster and goes for the 450. But Alex Shelley's back. He distracts Austin Starr because he cost him earlier in the match. And then 450 misses because of this. And then Senshi's able to lock in a nice, tight, small package for the wins. So Senshi wins, Loki wins in a very uh, prestigious match. They put the PCS. So good stuff, right? 100%. But it's like my, my, one of my biggest pet peeves is like in an a, elimination match, you want to see people get eliminated, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
like any time that Senshi broke up a pin, it fucking like it drove me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think even commentary called it out like, "Oh, that wasn't a very smart move by Senshi." But, but look, so, I think he just wants to cause pain. So I, I guess so. But there was this one part of the match where, like, so there, so there was a pin happening, and Senshi like stayed on the apron. I'm like, oh my god, he learned. He figured it out. He figured it out, right? So, uh-huh. so then I was like, sitting there, all right, all right. Then the next pin, he went, he went in and broke it up. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot. <laughs> I don't even know if Senshi really uh, knows like what the match stipulations are. I think he just goes out to the ring and just kicks people until they're dead. Oh yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Like I was thinking about it too. So, so yeah, like you said, essentially it was a tag team match, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then like Senshi was in the corner, and then finally he got tagged in, and then like you know he started, he started like you know beating the living daylights out of everybody, and then sure enough, I was thinking about man, someone needs to tag this guy out because he's killing this goddamn match. So mercifully, someone did, and I was like, okay, everyone's gonna be okay now. But other than that, you're right. Like the match did feel kind of rushed. Like you know, all the uh-huh. nations were just like just. Like bam, bam, bam. I'm like, okay. And then yeah. and then like it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a a good way to find, you know, like just give points to these people because it's like, hey, you you managed to survive this clusterfuck as opposed to like, hey, you're a really good wrestler. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Right. Yeah, so I don't know. It was it was cool, it was entertaining, but I could have passed on it. Yeah, except that's, that's kind of like the thing here, is cause with the X division. Like, that's kind of how TNA made their name, just off of the pure wrestling aspect of it. Yeah. But, like, Russo's there and all that shit, so he's probably like, yo, bro, let me, we gotta give these kids characters, bro. So we're doing all this, like, paparazzi shit, Alex Shelley has the camp, which is, like, a lot of that's kind of, it's, like, really entertaining, but I think, like, on a pay-per-view match, maybe just let these guys wrestle? I don't know. That Maybe that's just me. Yeah. Because you, you already got people, like, in the door, you know? You got people to watch. Yeah. Let them wrestle. You're good. But I'll give you that though. Alex Shelley was was probably my favorite person in this match because just his antics. His antics were pretty funny. Like he mm-hmm. he played his role really well. And then like Austin Starr, oh my god, you could you could put it like you could put it, clown makeup on him. He could, couldn't have charisma. You know, <laughs> like what, what the fuck? <laughs> is... I I, don't know. I I wasn't into it. It was it was um to me pretty stupid, but whatever. Austin Star, like this whole gimmick seems like like almost not not tongue in cheek, but it's like, look, I got tassels. Am I over now? Kind of thing. Like he's like kind of mad about it almost. Like he's not yeah. playing into the gimmick. He's doing it like out of spite almost. So it doesn't really yeah. translate to I don't know. But well, we got uh we got something a little better after that. We got Jeremy Borash backstage with Eric Young. <clears throat> so Eric Young is in a robe. Why is he in a robe? You may be asking. Well, because he, he's about to be competing in a bikini contest, Charles. Bikini contest versus Tracy Brooks. So uh, Jeremy Borash is back there. He's hyping him up. He says, be a man and win this bikini contest. Jeremy Borash says to Eric Young. And then we uh, move right into it. Tracy Brooks comes out with uh, Robert Roode. Because Tracy is the, uh, what was her title? She was CEO, CEO, but it was like chief executive offender or something like that. So stupid. Um, so she's out there in a big jacket instead of a robe. And Eric Young comes out in his robe. There's, so let me ask you this. So you're, 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 you're a strip club aficionado, I would say, right? I've only been there once or like nine times, but yeah. <laughs> this week. 
<laughs> I guess that's the vibe. One last night, but <laughs> were there any blow up palm trees at the one that you went to? Um, there was blow up stuff, but not palm trees. <laughs> Some people were getting blown up. Um, <laughs> there's palm trees. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this, man. So uh, it's a it's a bikini contest, you know, as per, you know, anyone you've probably seen. I got the music, first of all, that these that these people are dancing to. Thoughts on the music? <laughs> I put it on mute, actually. So <laughs> it was like not sexy music. It was yeah. like but uh, it was like music you'd hear at an outback, like in the background. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like I need, I need to go to more outbacks then. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> well, uh, Tracy Brooks really bloomed her onion here because uh, you know she took off her robe and it was like I don't know, just a normal looking. I wouldn't call it a bikini. It was more of a. Uh, I don't know. It was like in between a one piece and a two piece. It was it was fine. It was what two thousand six hot was, I guess. Just big stupid fake tits and. That's pretty much all you need, I guess. And then uh shout out Eric. to Trey Runnels. <laughs> well then uh the storytelling of Eric Young here. I mean, he takes off his robe to reveal a cover up with a picture of a bikini on it. It's fun. We're having fun. Rude is pissed because he I mean he demands a disqualification because uh that's not a real bikini, Robert Rude says. And Eric Young says, hey, wait a second, Buster. I'm not done yet. So he starts dancing again and unveils SpongeBob briefs that he's wearing. And then Robert Ruth says, no, that's not enough cock and balls for me. That's not a bikini. So Eric Young says, wait, give me one more try. Eric Young says, Takes off his briefs to reveal another, just a, a bikini, I guess you would call this, um, with more SpongeBob on it because it's fun. And then uh, the fans vote and they deem that Eric Young wins, has the sexier ass. And uh, this is good stuff, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's wrestling comedy. You know what I mean? Like, the. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Because even back in like WWE, WCW, it's like if the wrestlers find it funny, they're gonna like put it on TV. Be like, oh, everyone's gonna find this funny. So of course, SpongeBob yeah. sports are hilarious. You know, um, it is what it was. It was just a way to like a time filler, a way to show off um Tracy Brooks's body. Uh, I mean, I I'll give credit to you know who I want to give credit to two people, Borash and Rude. Cause like hmm. they, those two had to know this is fucking stupid as shit. But Borash goes in there, but like you be a man, and you win his bikini kind of straight face. And hmm. Rude played it up beautifully, where he's like, in the end, he goes, "You get Eric Young to join us because if he, if if people love him, they're gonna love me too." You know, and he hmm. says it like you know, a stone cold look on his face, and I was impressed. I was like, "All right, he, like." You, you know he doesn't believe this shit, but it's like he's got to say it. it was what it was, and mercifully, it wasn't that long. You know? Yeah, like the story behind it actually isn't that bad because I should this late. I should lay this out in the beginning because Robert Roode and Tracy Brooks, they're like a tandem, I guess. But Robert Roode hasn't been having the success that he's been wanting, and he blames it on Tracy. 
And on impact leading up to this, Robert was like, yeah, you couldn't even beat Eric Young in a bikini contest. So Tracy's like, well, I'll, I'll go challenge him to one. And that's why we're here. And like I said, after the match, Eric Young wins the bikini contest. And Rude's like, yeah, you, what, what's your problem? I want you to go to Eric Young and you do anything you have to do to get him to join Robert Rude Inc., which is more or less saying that, hey, go suck off EY so I can get over as well, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so it all makes sense, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I'm just waiting for beer money at this point. <laughs> yeah. this, this era of Robert Prude is like, ah, I could take it or leave it. Um, but you might be thinking, well, after that, we're surely to get some uh, good wrestling. Well, first to first, before that, we got to go to the DX locker room. What does DX stand for, Charlie, if you remember? Uh, Degeneration X, sir. No, no, no. It's dumb to the extreme. Because uh, Paul Levesque and Michael Hickenbottom are here in the impact zone. Uh, They have their locker room. And uh, the interviewer backstage is trying to get word with dumb to the extreme. But they won't let him into their locker room. Now, this is the time period where DX is back on WWE. They're doing the the cock skits and the fat guy with the stroke in his pole and the oil and all that shit. So this is that time period. And we're going to get more, more references to that later, but it's kind of like a running thread throughout the entire show for whatever reason. I don't know. What are your thoughts on TNA? Like poking WWE at this point, do you feel like it helps hurts or does nothing? It hurts hundred percent. Cause it gives off that feel that like WWE is like lives rent free in their heads. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, it's just like, yeah, fine. You're showing you're showing defiance by like making fun of them, but in the end, it's like you're putting you're you're technically putting like what's that what's the old adage like uh, any any um fuck um <laughs> any publicity is good publicity or something like that. Oh uh, yeah 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 that's yeah. it. Yeah, so it's like it's in the same thing. It's like you know you're 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 talking about another group, and, it, and on your own show, it's sort of like it just gives off like you're like. The whole idea was like, you know, you're using them to like put yourselves over. You know what I mean? So it's like it just mm-hmm. comes off as like basically desperate. You know, it was, it was pretty stupid. So yeah, I I thought it was dumb and like anything that had to do with that part of uh, of making fun of D, I couldn't watch. I yeah, like, no, fuck this. Yeah, desperate's the right word. It definitely, it definitely makes them look like a little kid, like pulling at an adult's legs. Like, hey, pay attention to me, please. Mm-hmm. And. It's like, because they've done this before, like several times. There was the whole thing where like Abyss and R-Truth went to the the commercial they were filming. WWE, I don't know if you've seen that, but like Rey Mysterio was there and it was like a whole thing. They've, and they've made like other, like they've had other skits of guys playing Vince McMahon. And it's like nothing's ever like worked. Nothing's ever like pulled viewers from WWE. I, I just don't know what the end game is here, but again, we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get more into it with the segment later, but um, but after that, we got some actual wrestling. Wouldn't you know? We got the X Division titles on the line with a special guest referee, Jerry Lynn. We got the champion, Christopher Daniels, facing off against Chris Saban. Saban. So Saban's been disrespecting his elders is pretty much the backstory here. He's uh, been disrespecting X Division pioneer, <coughs> Jeremy Lynn. Jeremy Lynn, Jerry Lynn. I think his name is Jeremy, actually. Uh, oh. Jeremy Lynn. 
and uh, has been disrespecting Daniels. So Saban's kind of just this cocky dickhead heel, I guess. Heel Saban. Um, the match happened. It was pretty good. I don't know. What do you think about the match itself, I guess? Um, the match is pretty good. Like, I, Whenever you see a, um, a special guest referee, you're expecting shenanigans shit like this. But like Jerry, uh-huh. Jerry Lynn, I feel like he's done refereeing it like in his in his career or something like that because it's like you, you I couldn't tell the difference. Like he was actually a decent ref. You know? I thought yeah, yeah. Like, I thought he, I thought he was decent at it and like he he didn't take away from the match at all. You know, so I was I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean like Saban Saban did a great job of like of um, mixing in his dirty tactics to his wrestling. You know, he was just a kid mm-hmm. like eye pokes and hair pulls shit like that but he's so good in the ring he's like really smooth and like and like you know oh, yeah. of course daniels and daniels so i thought it was a actually a decent match um not much not much to say other than i would watch it again and like like you know with once again the whole idea with like having a a, a guest referee usually takes away from a match this one was like it they didn't skip a beat yeah this is like as much of a clean cut match as you'll get from tna in this era for sure. Um, okay. And Saban, you know, you, like you said, utilize, utilizing the heel tactics, which I was, when, when I'm like seeing heel Chris Saban, it's like, that doesn't really make much sense. But I thought he did a pretty good job at like, like uh, he, he did a hip toss on to Daniels on the stage. And then he did this goofy thing where he like ran from the top of the stage to the bottom and just did a shitty little fish drop just to like kind of rub it in his face. And you, there was a lot of that, like, like the eye pokes and stuff like that. Um but uh, I thought the f- so for, first of all, Daniels, I thought looked great in this match. There was one spot where they were fighting on the outside. Daniels like hurdles up into the ring, slides in the ring, then hits the ropes, comes back, does a beautiful wrecking ball drop kick through the ropes, and then goes back up as uh, Saban is on the concrete floor. And does a cactus jack elbow from the second rope, which is the most beautiful version of it I've ever seen in my life. He did it like he was about to land on like a trampoline. He just went for it completely, which was insane. I hope he never <laughs> did that again because that looked brutal. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing though. Like, like I remember that. I remember him doing that. And I was thinking to myself, like, all right, in kayfabe in real and in real life, it just looks stupid to me. Like, even though like the, yeah, the yeah. move he did looked awesome, it's like okay. I'm gonna do this elbow drop on this guy and like jumping on concrete. So of course he he lands the elbow, Saban's hurt, but he obviously just jumped from like ten feet and land on concrete himself. So he's hurt too. And then after that spot, Saban actually had the upper hand the whole time. So in the end, it's like yeah. it was, like you know see what I mean. So <coughs> so while the move looked great, the only thing that got over was the concrete. To be honest with you, like yeah, no, it is very stupid. Like yeah, there's no way that. Saban received more damage than Daniels there at that point, but um, it's just me nitpicking. I'm, I'm, but like, no, that, like that's a good point. 100% like agreed that it was a great move. It was a good spot, but yeah, to me, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, maybe it leads to a Daniels heel turn, perhaps, because he's trying to appease all these these smelly marks in the impact zone, and he's just destroying his body in this. And I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get there, but probably not. Um, I did think the finish kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know. Did you get that kind of feeling? Because Daniels hits yeah. the BME, and it's just like it was over. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, no referee shenanigans, which maybe is maybe is a good thing, but uh, at least not you know before the match ended. But I think I thought the finish was a bit abrupt. But overall, I thought the match was solid. 
hundred percent. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. But like same thing. I didn't really understand the ending. Like the the whole shenanigans after the match where like Daniels and Lynn got into a fight. Yeah, it didn't, I, I don't know. It's like they were going for a swerve for the sake of a swerve because yeah, like a, like Sapin and Lynn have been having heat, and Daniels has kind of been on the side of Jerry Lynn. So after the match, Lynn gets on the mic and is like, "Hey Sabin, be a man, shake Daniels' hand." And Daniels is like, "I don't want to shake his hand. He's a piece of shit." And Lynn's like, "Hey buddy, you you better stay in here and shake his hand." And Daniels is like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that." So Lynn slaps Daniels, and uh, that's pretty much where we leave it. So I'm curious <laughs> to where we go from there. <laughs> but just just weird. You can't just have a wrestling match. You got to have some soap opera tomfoolery at the end, I guess. I guess so. It's like show some respect. Shake his hand. Slap. It's like <laughs> I'll shake I'll shake your face, huh? I don't know. <laughs> well, that brings us to maybe my favorite part of the show. We got Jim Cornette out here. He's coming out to the ring. And uh I guess what does he say? We got some dignitaries, is that the word? Out to uh so. there's some baseball players in attendance today. Uh, do you watch baseball by any chance, or did you in 2006? I, I did, yeah, yeah. Like, I especially knew about Przinsky because uh, the whole Chicago, like the whole Chicago, oh, yeah. yeah, like White Sox versus the Cubs dealio. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I knew of these guys, but whatever, you know. Yay! It's, it's Are a you a Cubs or a White Sox guy? I'm a Cubs guy. Okay, okay. So you were pretty heated when the Cardinals fellas came out, right? Oh, 100%. Well, that's the thing, though. I hated them. Every- I hated everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Because we hate the Cardinals and we hate the White Sox. So for me, you're, <laughs> I was just hoping the, the, the ring set on fire. So. That's a good, yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, so to set the scene, so Cornette is cutting a promo or whatever, and he welcomes out uh, AJ Pierzynski and Dale Torboard of the White Sox. Dale Torboard for anybody who's unaware, was the demon in WCW. So he does actually have some wrestling experience. AJ Pierzynski comes out with an X Division title replica. This was given to him, like, I think like a year before this or something, because they did a whole thing with the X Division, and it was a goofy little thing. And then the X Division guys gave him a title as a sign of respect or whatever. And he still has this title, so he's very proud of it, I guess. Um, And then Cornette, after the White Sox guys come out, Cornette says uh he welcomes out the world series champions uh the cardinals well not the entire team but the 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 world series mvp david Eckstein and his brother what was his name rick Eckstein. um i guess Eckstein has a new kids book out called have heart did you ever read a have heart charlie negative uh, did you because like you could tell me <laughs> give me a clip notes of what happened there <laughs> I, we should have. We should have just done a have heart retrospective. But uh, he's here to plug his book, I guess. And Cornette's, he's David Eckstein. Do you think David Eckstein knows what TNA is? A hundred percent, no. He was. He was Do you he think was he thinks it's the WWE? Uh, like the 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 Rock's autograph. Like, <laughs> Who are these people? Cornette's like, all right, David. Everybody knows you're a big TNA fan. And then David Eckstein's like, yeah, my everybody knows my favorite is Rhino. He's like reading cue cards, it, it feels like. Um, 
the fans are chanting, we want wrestling at this, which is funny. I mean, it makes sense. Um, so Cornette is interviewing David Eckstein. Eckstein's fumbling over his words, whatever. He's, he's happy to be there. Meanwhile, Dale Torborg of the White Sox, the opposing baseball team, has Eckstein's kids book and is ripping pages out of it. He's he's disrespecting his his child is his have heart novel, ripping the pages out of it. And then next time like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? And then A.J. Pierzynski is like, hey, you guys backed into that World Series. If the Tigers wouldn't have thrown all those balls over the baseball heat is hilarious. I think wrestling needs more of it. Um, Pierzynski is like, hey, what are you, Dr. Seuss now, pal? And then the baseball players brawl. And then Lance Hoyt comes out to save the Cardinals. He hits the boot on the demon. And then uh, hopefully we have a match coming out of this. But um, <laughs> lots of tomfoolery here. Were you a big fan of it? Not at all. <laughs> like, uh, you know what I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of? Like, so the more that people bitch on Twitter about Jim Cornette, the more I watch his stuff and see like how good he is, because he right. he put over this like it was like you know second coming like fucking Tyson at, like in in WWE you know he was just like like just the way he he um presented this you, you he was good at what he, he did and I was just like man mm-hmm. Cornette the he's he can turn anything into gold so I was, that's that's the only thing I really got out of it it's like and then hoping that it ended and did pretty quickly so that's okay. <laughs> Cause I'm looking at all these baseball players in the ring and I'm like, well, surely some like heels going to come out and just destroy all of them. But no, we have an inter rivalry between the baseball players, which is like, whatever, I guess, again, like any publicity is good publicity. I guess it's what they're going for. The name value, the world series champions, theoretically, that would be a lot of press, which maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but I don't know if it really was effective in the long run, but we'll, 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 we'll see, uh, what comes out of that? Hopefully there's a nice uh, ultimate X match between these two guys. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but after that, monsters fall. <laughs> speaking of monsters, we got a couple monsters here. We got Rhino and we got AJ Styles going one-on-one here. So this match came to be because so Rhino is just coming off of his feud with his uh, good friend Christian or former friend, I should say. Very personal rivalry, very uh, brutal rivalry. And AJ Styles afterwards was starting to get into kind of the same kind of rivalry with Christian. And Rhino went to AJ. He was like, hey, pal, don't make the same mistakes I made. Just leave it alone. And then AJ is like, what are you, Dr. Fail? I don't need your advice, Rhino, if that is your real name. So AJ is like, so AJ is starting to become this kind of dickhead. He's starting to get annoyed, frustrated, whatever it is. So AJ and Rhino have kind of come at odds, and now that's why we have this match. Rhino and the the interview before the match is yelling about friendship or whatever the hell. And then AJ comes off camera and just clocks Rhino mid-interview. They start brawling, knocks over the cameraman. So we are left without a visual of this brawl for what seemed like 10 minutes. I think it was like two minutes, but it was a very long time. Uh, we finally get a camera back there. They're still fighting backstage. What do you, what do you think about this? I guess the match in general, but just like the brawling atmosphere of this match, like fighting in the crowd and all that. 
Um, it was it was a nice it was a nice gem for the the, the people there. You know, like yeah. if I was there, like oh, they just came right by me. Yeah, cool. But those any of those spots never come off good on TV. It's just like you know, punch yeah. kick, punch kick, punch kick. So it's like I could I could have done without it, but it's fine. You know, it's like I. I like I've been, I've been to shows where it's like the wrestlers come by by you, and it's like one of the coolest parts of the show, you know. So yeah, right. I, I didn't think much of it at all. But I just remember uh, the one spot where Rhino high back body drops um, AJ onto the ramp or something like that. My God, that was such a cool move, cool part of the match. And so there was like a lot of cool spots in this match, and like, and then yeah, I, I thought it was actually pretty good. Like you know, this clash of styles. Oh my God. Nice. It was a what? It was a what, Charlie? Say it again. A clash of styles. Nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. But yeah, it was a clash. Like you, you're going to the match. It's like okay, you got like one of the best wrestlers in the world, and you got like Gorefest Rhino. Like you were like you're thinking like how good this match could be, and like no, this match was actually really freaking good match. So so I'll give it to both of them. And same thing. Oh, you know what though? I I lost track of the match halfway through because like it looks like aj's pants ripped or something like that like he had like a, <laughs> a hole by his ass the whole time yeah i couldn't stop looking ass. at that hole i couldn't stop looking at the hole the whole time <laughs> like, like, couldn't stop it, looking at aj's hole <laughs> God damn. like it could have been like a six star dave Meltzer jack off match and i'm like i couldn't even pay attention because i kept looking at, at like aj styles ass the whole time so it just reminds me of, uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell a quick story. I went to a Ring of Honor event one time, second row, and uh, and Kevin Steen was going against, uh, I forgot who he was going against. But in the middle of the match, like, so he had a Band-Aid on his armpit, right? And the, the Band-Aid came off, except one part was still dangling on the whole time. So there's a right. dangling, he's got a dangling a Band-Aid under his armpit. And, like, during the whole match, he put somebody in a headlock, and the fans were just yelling for the ref to pull off the Band-Aid because it was so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> like that's I liken that to this match. Like and AJ, I mean uh, Kevin Owens was Owensteen. He was he was just la- like he he ignored everything. Every, the fans kept saying throughout the whole match, pull the bandaid off, pull the bandaid off. He was he just kept wrestling like nothing happened. So this this that's what this match reminded me of. That's such a funny way to get heat. Yeah, I'm gonna keep this dangling so it makes you uncomfortable <laughs> watching. It's so good. It's like, and it's we, like we, we were like yelling at the ref too, like ref, pull it off, pull it off. And the ref was like looking at uh, at Kevin, who's like, should I pull it off? <laughs> those band aids fucking stick there, man. There's no pulling those it, off. I, 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 that's the one thing too. I was trying to watch to see like what the what the brand of band aid it was because that shit stuck during like maybe like ten minutes of a fucking wrestling match. Well, let me tell you this: the brand of band aid is band aid because it's a <laughs> uh, it's a bandage. Band aid is the. Uh, it's a brand. You're right. It's like you're a right, Kleenex. Right. It's fun. You're 100% right. You know? It's like when people have like the kinesio tape on their shoulders and then it like falls off, but they just wrestle it with it dangling like a fucking tail for an entire yeah. match. It's so oh god. But similar to that, I almost had the same exact note of his white ass on display. Like it doesn't matter what he does. Like he hits the most beautiful drop kick I've ever seen, but yeah. I don't care because I'm just like, why is your ass out? Like this is this is all I can pay attention to. Um, but yeah, like that spot, the back, the backdrop on the stage was gnarly. Oh. Like it, like from one camera angle, because you saw how high AJ got and landed, yeah. but then the other camera angle showed how he landed. He landed like on his shoulder. It's like, how did it not pop yeah. out of the socket? Um, and I do like, cause this is a clash of styles, but AJ, I think it 
blends well because you have Rhino, who is just this big dude who, who ragdolls people, and AJ, who is just so good at getting ragdolled. So it's like what, like when a, it's like when William Regal and RVD face each other. Like it just makes sense. Like they they like exemplify their strengths against each other. So like when Rhino would hit like a belly to belly or a spine buster on AJ, it just looked that much more devastating. And uh, AJ, who is newly heel, so he's like kind of just dipping his toes into the water from that character aspect. He there's one point where Rhino's on the outside. AJ's about to go for a plunge over the top rope, but he's like, nah, I'm not doing that. So he's like, he's very aware of his character. And he's like, I think he's like getting it over pretty well here. Um, towards the end, AJ goes for the Styles Clash. But Rhino counters it into a backdrop, sending AJ to the floor. AJ lands on his feet, but his knee pops. Oh my gosh, AJ's knee, he's hes injured. The trainers come out. They're all looking at his knee. AJ can't continue. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here watching this like, man, we were watching a great match. I wish we could see the finish, but I guess we're not because he's injured. He's absolutely not playing possum here, AJ. <laughs> so AJ, you know, they, the trainers start carrying him to the back. Rhino turns his back. And then AJ sprints into the ring, rolls up Rhino. Camera completely misses it. They just have the camera on the fucking ring announcer for whatever reason. Because uh, they're about to call the match, I guess, is the thing. But AJ gets in there, rolls up Rhino, gets the quick shitty victory <laughs> and ski daddles. So I thought this was a very effective match for the feud. I thought it was actually a pretty solid match in general, but um, I guess it exceeded my expectations. It was pretty good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like This match was a good, like, it was a lot of high impact. It was like a hot, like, you know, it was like. There was a high what? Impact. Oh, Man, we're cooking with gas. We're cooking with gas now. It was this match was total nonstop impact. Oh, okay. Um, nope, nope, nope. Don't. There's no actual crickets. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it was it was a good ass match. The it, I guess it kind of got AJ over as a heel with that with the ending. It's like let's have an awesome match and then fuck it up and like in the end. So. It, it is what it was, and like I actually enjoyed this match quite a bit. So, yeah, no, it was, it, yeah, like I said, effective. I think both guys looked good coming out of this, and sets up a rematch, which I know eventually <laughs> culminates into an elevation X match. Do you remember that by any chance? Negative. I don't know what that is. It's a scaffold match, which I believe oh. is on Destination X, um, but it's like in the shape of an X, the scaffold. So we're leading to that, but that's like fucking three months away from this so i guess we got a lot in the in the way of that but uh well vince mcmahon's here uh that's crazy he's backstage he's walking around with his cock in his hand oh god because it's a chicken it's in a cage he's walking oh there's my cock (laughs) so vince is walking around because this is when they're doing again on wwe programming they're doing the vince loves cock shit with dx so they're referencing that I guess they're making fun of the fact that it's not funny or maybe they're trying to be fun. I don't know. It's like, what is it parody or are you just trying to do the same thing? Kind of is how I felt. But um, again, just more uh, more threads leading to the VKM segment later in the show. But before that, we got ourselves a flag match. It's not a flag match. It's a flag ladder match. I'm sorry. It's not a flag ladder match. 
It's a flag reverse ladder match. The team of America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm versus the Latin American Exchange, Hernandez and Homicide. You got Gail Kim with AMW. You got Conan with LAX. Uh, what do you think of this match, like the stipulation conceptually? <laughs> it was, I thought it was hilarious because like, like, I think there was a one point where commentary was like, basically, there's no rules except, and then Don West had to go into all the rules. And it, <laughs> it was except like, the very specific rules. It went on forever. It's like, you got to grab the, you have to go to the other side of the ring, grab the opponent, grab your flag from them, then go up and hang it up. And like, it was just like, just, I don't know. <laughs> like, whoever thought of it, way too much, putting a hat on a hat on a hat on a hat. Mm. So it was, it was stupid, but. Um, other than that, the, the the match is fun. Like I love the setup, though. I love the the uh, the prior to the match, like you know Conan, Conan's interview and like the the video package. I thought was hilarious. Like I, I thought like Conan was like uh, when he said AMW and Lucy Lou. That should that should pop me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, it's uh... and like oh god, sorry. No, you good. No, and, like the other part, I was like thinking it was like you know like LX has the advantage because you know the. Because AMW's valet is Gail Kim and their valet is Conan. So it's like. Right. <laughs> Gail Kim's but, not American, I don't believe. I think she's Canadian and also Asian. So. Yeah, 100%. So everyone's like saying USA, USA. She's like, well, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm indifferent to this. Yeah. yeah. Um, at this point in TNA, I would say LAX is probably the best act they got going. Um, maybe outside of the main event stuff which we'll talk about but um from a character perspective just great shit i mean they got massive heat they're really playing into the 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 politics going on in america at this point with people crossing the border and people preventing it and all that all that stuff so they're playing into it in hindsight it's like all right i mean i guess you guys are making some good points but um amw's coming out here like get yo i get you get out of my country kind of thing so that's pretty much what this feud is by the way, LAX are the tag team champions. I'm curious as to why the titles weren't on the line in this match. I guess it's not about titles. It's about patriotism, right? Because the winner of the match gets their national anthem played. So we got high stakes here. We got high stakes. Um, and as you mentioned, so the, the premise of this match is you got to each each team's flag, the USA flag and the Mexico flag are in each corner of the ring. You got to grab your own flag off of the pole in the corner and then climb a ladder with the flag and then hang the flag up top in the middle of the ring where there's like a little pole in the middle. So it's a lot. Like you said, it's a hat on a hat and a hat. I feel like any reverse ladder match is just stupid. Like the King of the Mountain stuff. It's just I don't know. It just feels dumb. Like it feels it, it's backwards like by nature, but it just doesn't feel like it works. Um. But the match itself, I thought was actually there were some pretty fun spots in here. Did any any spots in particular catch your eye? Um, the, the violence against women. Oh, of course, yeah, it was a trademark of mid two thousands. I thought, like, I remember I did that last podcast with you when um was I think it was Michael Shane like super kicked the daylights out of Trinity or something like that. This yeah. match, <laughs> this this match had that where like Homicide and like Conan like beating the living daylights out like uh, Gail Kim. So I thought it was hilarious. But um mm-hmm. no, I like 
um, when Hernandez like catapults um, Harris onto like onto into a ladder like over his head. I'm trying to a cracker jack. Yes, 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 yes. That part I thought that was amazing. Or or the sunset bomb off the ladder, like Storm did one to Hernandez. I thought that was mm-hmm. fucking insane. Homicide hitting the cutter from the top of the from the top off of uh, onto Harris. So like they did some really cool shit in this match, and like I can mm-hmm. see why you're saying LS was one of the top there because like they they put in a big fight feel. It come from their music, their entrance, like their style of matches. Like it's a big. I I could watch more LAX matches all day. So yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like, because I've been watching Homicide in his early days of Ring of Honor. It just makes me appreciate Homicide and TNA that much more. Um, Hernandez is a fucking beast. He was in Ring of Honor as well, too, and he's just a monster. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's a really pretty hard hitting match amongst all of the nonsensical stipulations and weirdness behind it. Um, Gail Kim does, <laughs> she has a big part in this match herself in the, in the beginning. She hits a moonsault off the top rope to the floor on the homicide. Uh, and sometime later in the match, she hits a missile drop kick onto homicide again. So she's become a big part of this. I mean, she got power bombed by Hernandez on impact. They showed that clip of her getting it was the border toss where she got thrown like all the way across the ring and landed on her neck. Um, so she has uh, as much of a gripe as uh, Harris and Storm do. But uh, towards the end of the match, so each team, they try grabbing their flag, but they're stopped before they can hang it. Uh, so everybody's down at one point, and Gail Kim grabs the American flag and goes to hang it herself. <laughs> but then Conan comes in, punches her right in the ovaries, knocks her off the ladder. And so Conan's about to beat on Gail Kim, but then Petey Williams comes out to make the save, who has is become like a, a USA, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what was Sergeant Slaughter? What was the word? Sympathizer. Sympathizer. Petey Williams has become a USA sympathizer over the past few weeks, even though his whole gimmick is I'm Canadian and I hate America. But we've we've moved past that. We don't talk about old shit. Uh, he, he goes to hit the Canadian destroyer on a Conan. Which I'm watching this. I'm like, there's no way Conan's taking that fucking bump. Uh, Hernandez breaks it up, saves Conan, beats on Petey Williams. And then uh, just casually, casually leaps over the top rope on the James Storm. Hernandez is just a freak, man. Um, and at some point, I think it's Harris and Homicide are battling on top of the ladder. They both have like one notch of their flag hung on the middle post. They both need to just get that other side of the flag to win the match. But then James Storm comes out with a beer bottle, hits Homicide in the back of the head with the beer bottle. But the glass of the beer bottle goes into the eye of Chris Harris, taking him out of this match completely. And this allows Hernandez to take advantage, takes out James Storm, hangs the Mexican flag, and LAX wins through all of this shenanigans. And then the Mexican anthem plays, which I've never heard the Mexico national anthem before. What What were your thoughts on their anthem? I, I was wondering, like, it's just really long. <laughs> like, it's it too like, much. Like, we get it. Mexico. Tacos, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, please agree with me. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, For me, it just it just kept going. I was like, oh, man, is this, is this how long the, the, 
the American national anthem is because like for me I was like damn this is taking a walk. I went to go take a piss, but um I just liked how the fans were respectful. You know what I mean? Like a part of me was like, oh my god, they're just mm. fans who start doing the Mexican anthem. And right. But the fans kind of just put their hand over their hearts. They're like, okay, we'll listen to this. So it was, I thought it was a good touch, and and then that was it. You know, a part I mean, of me is like, like what? go ahead. No, I was about to say, I was watching this, and I, I took a knee in my living room, personally, <laughs> listening to it. So, I, I actually um, shazammed it so I could like listen to it later. And I was also <laughs> worried about uh, Homicide, because it's like, isn't he Puerto Rican? Is he honk? Why can't you play my phone? Close enough, pal. <laughs> Wait, no, Vince isn't here. Well, there is a Vince here, actually. So maybe he thinks the same way. Well, um, I mean, Joaquin Wilde is, um, uh, is that his name? Joaquin Wilde is, yeah, still, yeah. is, is fucking uh, part of LWO, and he's like, Half Filipino. <laughs> yeah. Isn't, isn't he like all Filipino? Oh, I guess so. Maybe. I don't know. I remember looking it up recently. I couldn't find any uh, Latin heritage. I guess Filipinos, the, the origins are kind of similar. So it, it's fine. I guess you're brown. It's whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm a Filipino, everybody. So I can say that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, homicide. He has a bloody his back of his head is all bloody because of the beer bottle. So he's just sitting there with a towel on the back of his head with his hand on his heart, listening to this anthem. Uh, I don't know. I thought the anthem was kind of cheeks personally, but I digress. Uh, after the match, James Storm is pissed because he thinks Chris Harris quit on him, even though the glass from his bottle went into his eye. And that's why he couldn't do anything. So James Storm demands an apology on impact this Thursday from Chris Harris. So I guess we're done with AMW at this point. But what a way to go out, huh? Yeah, made me want to watch Impact on that Thursday. You're not wrong. <laughs> not wrong there, pal. Well, we got uh, virtually the main event. We got VKM coming out here. Well, it, it's their music, but it's Michael Hickenbottom and Paul Levesque come out, which I thought was uh, weird. You know, why were they coming out to VKM's music? So uh, they come out to the, I thought this was actually like a really good cosplay by Road Dog and Billy Gunn because they had like the face mask, like the, what do you call it? It's like glued to your face kind of mask. Yeah. I thought Road Dog looked a lot like Triple H, like the wrinkles on his forehead, the, all that shit. Um, boy, where do we even begin here? So DX comes out. Uh, they're doing, you know, the let's get ready to suck it, shtick, all that. And then the spirit squad comes out or whatever they're calling these cheerleaders. The cheerleaders come to the ring. Road dog or sorry, BG James and Kip James knock all the cheerleaders out with crotch chops. So they do the crotch chop and it blasts the cheerleaders out of the ring. And then they call out a fat oily guy, quote unquote, to which a man who is obviously parodying uh, what was his name? Big Dick Johnson that was been, had been on WWE TV. Yep. I don't know why the camera got so close to his ass like they were they were in there on this fella. Um, and then the fat oily guy gets in the ring. What happens? I think they hit the sweet shit music on him or something, right? Yeah. Oh, no, he hits it. They get the guy to hit the sweet shit music on one of the cheerleaders. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. So 
the whole segment is premised on like, okay, so VKM's like, okay, there's parody and then there's real or whatever they said. So they do all this goofy shit, which I don't know what you think of all like the stuff leading up to the promo, I guess. I mean, I didn't expect to see a colonoscopy uh, like before the match, but there, yeah. there we are. And then like after that, um, no, it was it, like I was mildly interested for a second when when uh, Road Dog start Road Dog whatever BG James start it's talking, but it's yeah right. But then it's like you know it's it's it sounds like he's got like a high like a very high inflated sense of self worth because it's like it's like it's him. You know, I'm like, dude, you're BD James and they are Triple H and HBK. So whatever yeah. you're saying, I don't give a fuck. You want to like, dick, like, you know, shoot and like yell and scream mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. It's like, all right, here, here's my platform. I'm going to I'm going to go to the number three company and start talking shit to you. Was it two, three? Probably so two I, at this I, point. What's that? Uh, you said, are they number two or number three? Yeah, I would say, like, I would well, say it's probably number two. Okay, so the number two company, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I don't know. I just – it just fell on deaf ears for me. Like, and, and then um, I guess they challenged him, challenged DX to a match for a million dollars. The only thing I uh, – four million dollars, I don't know, something like that. And, like, the only thing I care to know is, like, did anything ever happen? I doubt it, you know. Um, and, yeah, it just came off as, like, some, like, guy, you know, like, just bitching and moaning, and I was, like, not interested, so. Yeah, no, that's my thought, too. Like, I don't really remember what – comes of this i mean obviously they don't have a match i don't know yeah. if there's like a cease and desist thing that comes into play because i think vkm just kind of like fades away eventually um but yeah like you said they 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 tear off the masks they get serious and then bg james is he calls vince a hypocrite because you know when Road Dog and Billy Gunn were a part of WWF, they did the same kind of stuff to WCW. And apparently, BG James is like, I guess Vince McMahon is threatening to sue them for this, which I don't remember. Maybe that's a thing. But Road Dog is like, hey, $1 million challenge, $1 million for Triple H and Shawn Michaels to come here and fight us. And he says, no angles, no spots, no finish. It's not a wrestling match. It's just going to be a fight. And he ends his promo with answer the challenge or prove that you're a gutless piece of shit. So it's uh, there's some there's some intensity behind it. But like, I, I mean, I don't think anything ever comes of it. I don't even know if there's like true heat between Billy Gunn and Road Dog and Shawn Michaels and Triple H, because I, I mean, I guess they were friends at some point. And I guess they are now, so I don't know if there's actual heat. I don't know what the situation is there, but it's like, what's the end game here? Ultimately, I guess their their end game is to try to get them on impact, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, or whatever. But it never happens. And like you said earlier, it's if it, it reeks of desperation. While yeah. it's kind of entertaining in the moment, it does make them feel like definitely the number two at best. I mean, when when you look at DX, like who who's who do you think of? You know, you think of. Triple H, you think of HBK, mm. you know, it's like, so it's like, it's like these guys are just fucking, you know, the lackeys, it feels like. So it's like, you got the lackeys like, oh, I'm ready to fight, blah, blah, it's, like, oh, it's, it's nothing I want to actually want to see. So yeah, whatever, you know, it, it happened and good for them. It did happen. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> um, well, we got the NWA world title on the line here in a three-way match 
We got the champion, Abyss, taking on Sting and Christian Cage. I, I have zero recollection of Abyss being world champion. I had been thinking that he was never the world champion in TNA, but um, he won it at the last pay-per-view by disqualification, which is just, of course, why wouldn't he? Figures. Um, but the backstory here, so... Abyss and Sting had a match at the last pay-per-view, like I said. It got pretty brutal. Sting, you know, he was using tacks, and he hung Abyss by his feet like a piece of meat and beat him with a chair. He knocked him into barbed wire, which caused him to get disqualified. But then on Impact, the week after, Sting's like, Hey, Abyss, why are you letting James Mitchell carry you around, pull you around like a dog? You're a ma- I see a man behind that mask. So he's trying to be sympathetic to Abyss, whereas Christian Cage on the outside is like, look, I don't give a shit what you guys through your after school special bullshit. I should be the number one contender. I deserve that title. So Christian and Sting had a number one contenders match on Impact, which I believe ended in like a double disqualification or some sort of no contest. So Jim Cornette made this a triple threat match. Also, by the way, Tyson Tomko has debuted in, in TNA as Christian's problem solver, kind of, you know, just mirroring what they did in WWE. So Tomko's here now, and apparently Tomko and Abyss have a past. Tomko knows a secret about Abyss. I don't really remember what that secret is, but they're Derby. teasing that. They got uh, Mitchell is, you know, abusing his power over Abyss. Sting is here. So there's a lot of extra pieces and extra webs like on the storyline but um i don't know what, what did you think of the match itself i'm curious um well all i gotta say is like i can't watch aew sting tna sting wasn't pretty good either you know it was just like you could tell it was a former show himself it was just like yeah the stinger splash i remember watching um when he was like bleach blonde like green tights, like flying around doing the coolest sting- stinger splash. Whereas this one was like, you barely got like any air. It's kind of like, kinda, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, it's like he was on his tippy toes and like doing stinger splashes. And even he he did a dive onto Abyss and Christian. And it, I wouldn't call it a dive. I, I literally would call him falling on somebody because he just yeah. kind of like plopped on them. So it's like, so I was like, all right, you know, like I can't, I hate watching these like guys. I was, like not in their prime in in the ring you know it's like mm-hmm. it kind of bugs me out i'm just hoping for the one day like nba ratings goes down and they're like all right julius irving get in there you know like, <laughs> like you know you're like like uh tyson like you know like boxing is getting bad so like, let's throw tyson in there you know it's like i didn't tyson just fight like a few years ago <laughs> against uh no, vander holyfield i don't know if he did i glad i didn't I'm, see it I'm pretty sure that's a thing that happened somebody call oh, it if you know oh my god it was like what, like what did tyson bite this time <laughs> you know evander's was holding his nuts like anywhere but here but anyway he has two uh, ears no so yeah that's true that's true let me let me even that out for you but like anyway um <laughs> well <laughs> sorry uh yeah so it was it was um it was um not my favorite match um, I was there's this one part of the match I thought was hilarious where like Abyss was beating the shit out of both uh uh Christian and Sting, and like mm-hmm. James Mitchell goes, Follow the plan, 
And I'm like, dude, Abyss is whooping the ass. <laughs> What's the plan? Mm. <laughs> Follow the plan. And like, he's like, okay. He's, he's well, Abyss, Abyss wants to be his own man, you see. So yeah. he doesn't do what James Mitchell tells him to do, but he kind of does. So, so he's, he's, he's conflicted, Abyss is. So I guess we're, we're, this is more of just like an interpersonal match for Abyss rather than anything else. Yeah. So they got that over, I guess, in a sense. But I don't know. The match itself... I felt so I watched this match last night and I, f- I felt when the match finished, I was like, did I fall asleep during this match? Did I fall asleep with my match with my eyes open? Because I don't remember a goddamn thing that happened. And then right before we got on here, I, I like skimmed through it again. I watched it again. First of all, it's only like 10 minutes long for yeah. the world title match. It's like everything happened, but also nothing happened <laughs> in this match. It was just like. I don't know. It was a triple threat match. So by nature, it's going to be kind of chaotic. I guess the, the theme here is because Sting and a Sting and Abyss never really came to blows until the end. So it was like Christian and an Abyss went at it. And then Abyss got taken out by Tomko. And then Christian and Sting went at it. And then, then it all kind of breaks down at the end. Um, Tomko pulls the ref at some point. I think Sting hits the Scorpion death drop on a Christian and then Tomko pulls the ref Tomko's as much of a part of this match as anybody else's um, him and Abyss go at it. It's whatever Tomko gets taken out. And then, like you said, Abyss goes to choke slam sting, but James Mitchell says, no, don't do it. And then he pulls out his black bag. He's like, lay these out first. It's like maybe choke slam them and then lay the tax. I don't know. But uh, so Abyss takes it. He's kind of reluctant, reluctant. He ends up laying the tax in the middle of the ring, goes to choke slam Sting. Meanwhile, Sting's like, no, please don't choke slam me. He's like asking very politely. Like, hey, please don't choke slam me in these thumbtacks. <laughs> Can't you just like fight out of it? Maybe Sting? I don't know. But maybe he's still sympathetic to it. But I don't know. It's a whole a lot of layers to this, I guess. Um, Sting asks him not to. But Christian comes in chair to Abyss. Or chair to sting on oh, maybe chairs both of them. He Abyss ends up getting curb stomped face first into the tax by Tomko. Tomko gets knocked out by Sting. It kind of it was hard to follow towards the end, but ultimately Abyss goes to hit the black hole slam on Abyss, but as he like swings him around, he like knocks him into Christian, which knocks Christian out of the ring. Hits the black hole slam on Sting. I couldn't tell if he was trying to land in the tax or not, but he completely misses the tax that are in the middle of the ring. And uh, Abyss gets the win. So it was kind of a, a clunky finish here, but I don't know. This match didn't really do much for me, honestly. Other than the story, same, I guess. Same. It, it sucked. The, the, only, the only interesting part was to see like, who was going to go into the tax, and, and the answer was no one. So it's like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like ta- tax can be like a really good because there's always like that tense moment of like oh who's gonna fall in it but like I guess Abyss kind of rubbed his face in it a little bit which is brutal in its own right but it, it seemed like they were going for that to be the finish and it's the fact that they missed the big pile of tax completely is just the most TNA thing to ever happen so <laughs> but um in a nutshell yeah so but that brings us to the main event, which I would argue this whole show like was on the back of this main event because I thought so we got Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe 
the rematch. So this is their second match. They had a match at Genesis to pay-per-view before this, where Kurt Angle broke Samoa Joe's 18-month winning streak. And, uh, you know, Kurt Angle, like in the video package before this, he's like, hey, when I was in the Olympics, you know, or when I was amateur wrestling, I lost to this Iranian guy. And I ended up facing him in the finals and beating him. So if I was able to get a second chance, I should be able to give a second chance to Samoa Joe, who's one of the best in the world. So that's kind of why we're having this rematch here. Uh, but Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, thoughts? Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Like, it's it was the epitome of wrestling for me. You know, it's like the yeah. match was, wasn't that long. But at the same time, it's like exactly why I love wrestling. Like these two just put on a fucking clinic. They were so good. Like from the beginning, like you know where they're going back and forth. Like they were going, they were going hard right away. Like holy shit! Like oh yeah. Like Samoa Joe is like elbow suicida from the from the middle rope, and that happened like maybe like a minute into the fucking match. You know, <laughs> so, so these guys just just went at it. It was beautiful. Like I didn't even care who won. I just I just want to see a good good fucking match and they they mm-hmm. brought it so uh, I was I was like I was surprised with like all the like the the out outside part of the match but those that, that was just like in the beginning of the match mm-hmm. like I figured they would keep it in the ring but it didn't matter to me it was awesome yeah that caught me off guard too like in the beginning because like other than like the the suicide dive by Joe it felt like it was kind of a slow start to this match like you said they were like brawling on the outside which is like that's that's not yeah. what we want from Angle versus Joe. Um, but that is also a thing that happened in their first match and angle ended up getting busted open on the steel steps. So I didn't know if that was like an homage to that, or if it was like Kurt angle was trying to do the same to Joe, but no one ended up bleeding in this match. So I don't know, but no, I completely agree. This is just like these guys fighting each other. It just feels genuine. Like it feels like a genuine competition. It feels like uh, these guys like respect each other, but don't like each other. And I feel like that really comes into play at the end of this match, which I thought like the intensity, the way it like built throughout the entire match was awesome. Um, Because like it, it kind of starts off a little slow and then we start like kind of get introduced to the suplexes. Joe hits Kurt with a beautiful release German that sends Kurt ass over tea kettle landing on his face. With an angle, tries to go tit for tit, hits a triple German onto Joe. And then from there, it's just like a lot of counters, a lot of just sliding out of moves that they maybe saw in the first match that, that they have scouted, which is like wrestling 101. So the way this match built on their first match, I thought was really good. Like, like Joe would go for the muscle buster. Then Kurt counters that by like rolling and rolling him up into a sunset flip, but but then picking the ankle on the way down, and then uh, you know Joe would get to the ropes, but then Kurt would hit the ankle slam for a two count, and uh, locks in the ankle lock again, but then Joe like pulls him in from the ankle lock into the coquina clutch, but then Kurt like picks the ankle as he's in the choke to lock in the ankle lock. Um, there's one point like towards the end where Joe, he like counters the ankle lock again into the choke. Kurt is about to like fade. He's like, I, I thought the match might've been over here, but then as he's about to fade, he picks the ankle again and then locks the grapevine in on the ankle lock. So it's like, Oh, well this surely is it. 
which I thought at this point there was a lot of really good drama, like on all the submissions, like it, it felt like it could feasibly be the finish. So I thought the drama was really good in this match. Um, but of course there has to be a ref bump at some point yeah. because it's a TNA yeah. main event. Um, yeah. So the ref's down. Joe locks in the choke. Kurt Angle taps, but there's no referee. So Joe gets up to try to wake up the ref and then Kurt Angle punts Samoa Joe right in his stupid balls from behind, which I didn't see coming. I didn't think we'd get, but I guess it's supposed to, you know, Kurt Angles, he, he knows how desperate he has to get. Cause he just tapped out. So he's like, I need to pull something out here. Yeah. So Kurt punts him right in the balls from behind and then grabs a chair and swings it at Joe, but Joe ducks and Kurt hits the ropes with the chair. The chair hits himself in the face Joe locks in the choke again, or he like has him by the neck. He hasn't pulled him down yet. Kurt like lunges for the ropes to try to like prevent him from going down. Almost gets there, but then Joe pulls him back into the choke. And then Kurt Angle tries to pick because he's been getting into this choke, but then picking the ankle of Joe while in the choke to lock in the ankle lock. So he tries to do that again, but Joe like moves his foot or whatever. So Kurt isn't able to get out of this one and it eventually has to tap out for the second time in this match. And then a little like detail I like is that Joe like held on to the choke after because yes, if it wasn't for the, the dick punch or the chair, like Joe might've just let go because it's competition, but he's like, no, you, I, I saw what you tried to do. I'm going to let him cinch us in just a little bit longer. And um, so Joe wins. So now we're a one and one in, in the series here. So I assume there's going to be a rubber match of some sort, but yeah, there's just like a level of a hey, fuck you, buddy, in this match, which I liked to accompany the great wrestling. So I thought this was awesome. Yeah, like it, it that now that there was their one and one, they're gonna make it into like a best of seven. So that's fine with me. Like, right. <laughs> like, uh, um, no, the submission spots were great. Like, you know, just like you're at the edge of your seat, just waiting to see if anyone's gonna tap, and you see the crowd going nuts the whole time. The the underhand tactics was kind of like. I wish I didn't see it just because it's like, you know, it's their Kurt Angle versus Joe and you don't want, you don't want to like stay yeah. kind of bullshit. But same time, it's like, I mean, you know, whoever came out with this spot, like, hey, I'm going to make it look like you. I want you to pretend to hit yourself with the chair. sort of like, and Kurt Angle went along with it. I'm just saying like, all right, dude, like you, you guys are doing a masterpiece here. And you just get like Mario with that silliness. But it's mm-hmm. okay. You know, like, like I love that little touch like you allude to where like your uh, Samojo held on longer because of that so it's like at least it's, there's continuation follow-up the things are making sense and yeah i i was sat happy as hell to have to watch it so yeah i mean i mean would you agree that this is the best thing tna is doing at this point well once again like my my you know my knowledge of tna wasn't wasn't that that right. good at the moment well just based but on like, the show from what you've seen 100 percent. yeah oh yeah. By, by far it was great like i'm with you with the whole lax thing the uh the pop Rossi business was like I would. It's like even though it's silly, I'd love to watch it again. But but leaps and bounds, Angle versus Joe was just awesome. Mm-hmm. And I really wish I was watching TNA during this time because like to see this kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it's the last thing you see too as the show closes out, so it leaves a good taste in your mouth, I guess. Yes. Um, because before there wasn't a lot of good before this. So I was prepared to just shit all over the show, but this is the last thing you see. So it's like, Oh, it's kind of an okay show, I guess. But, um, I don't know if you had a great, if you had give this like a, like a A to F, 
if you had to grade this show, what do you think you would give it? I'd give it a C, maybe a B. Like it's well, let's say B minus, because yeah. like it was entertaining, but at the same time, like it could have done way like the VKM bullshit, the 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 dump, the wrestling wrestling comedy is probably the worst thing I've ever seen, almost as bad as newsroom comedy. You know, it's like, right. um, you know, it's like it's just it's just it got no place. Just stick to what you're good at. Um, yeah, I I would definitely give it a B minus and like. It could have been way better, but then the angle match just brought it right back up, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that main event probably brought it up two letter grades, I would say. Yeah. So are you, what, where, where are you at? Like, what grade would you give it? Uh, I'd probably give it like a C plus, maybe, okay. just because like, god damn, pal, there was like nothing. I mean, not, not to say there was nothing, but there was just so much stupid shit before this. It wasn't bad. It was TNA tends to be like kind of like there's not like a, a terrible show and a great show. Like it's, they're kind of like consistent. Um, OK, but this is like a, a particularly like an era where there's just a lot of the crash TV shit or you, you get the full brunt of Russo in this time period. So sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's not. There's a lot of not on this show, but at least we got some baseball players. So, yeah. Man, Russo has been hanging his hat a long time off the of NWO stuff because, like, ever since then, whatever he touches, like, been whack. <laughs> it's been, well, I don't like, think that was. Uh, I think Russo was in WWF at that point, wasn't he? Was he? Well, I think Russo had a lot involved with like Stone Cold and stuff. I think. Oh well, I mean, then good, good for him on that because like Stone Cold was like the best thing in wrestling for a long time. So, mm-hmm. power to you, Russo. Not in this case with TNA. You, you doucher. I think AEW needs Vince Russo. Vince Russo. Yeah, I, I mean, I could see that. I mean, shit, because even even like I I love what they could use. I I love um Strickland versus uh Hangman Page, but still can't it can't it doesn't get me like in the door. Like I still can't watch. Yeah. AEW right now. You didn't tune into Rampage to see three on three Luchadors versus three other guys. I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does. But <laughs> okay, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of interested now to see what these luchadors are. But nah, forget it. I mean, it was like Penta, El Hijo, and Commander. So it's like, but it's like every week. It's just like I don't know. It's the same kind of stuff. I, like just a quick, a quick aside. Like I went to an AEW show, and like after that, I can't watch any Penta matches because it was just like move, move. Ciro move, move. Ciro and like, and like, nothing ever made sense. So it was just like, like hit a, hit a move, get back up, hit a move, get back up. At least yeah. with this show in TNA, a lot of it made sense, and it was it made it was a big fight feel throughout because like the whole X Factors thing. They presented themselves as a real fucking wrestling right. company, as opposed. I mean, like Eric Young aside, this show showed like showed me that TNA like they they took themselves seriously, and I loved it. Yeah, I will say like, like TNA, like even if stuff didn't really hit, there was like intent behind everything, yes. like the yes. paparazzi stuff for trying to develop characters for the X Division for future title matches. Yes. Eric Young, and the bikini contests were establishing Rude as a top heel. Eric Young, super popular. We're taking advantage of that. Tits yes. is not as always a good uh, detail or whatever. A cherry on top. Two cherries on top. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. X division title match. Yeah. 
<laughs> queens of the mountains for sure. There you go. <laughs> so like every, every match here felt like it was, you know, a story was developing. I mean, this show felt like a, a big seed planter. Like it felt like we're, we're, we're building to more matches, but um, Kurt versus Joe will leave me nice and turgid to end this. But speaking of turgid, I'm turgid for you for coming on the show. Once again, uh, hungover, gay vomit at the, at your feet, all that yeah, stuff. Appreciate you coming on uh, down there in South Kakalaki. Where can, uh, I mean, do you have anything to plug at this point? I, not at all. I mean, I'll always till till like as long as I'm like on here, I'm gonna plug like Getcho podcast because there's they're always kill it. They're always amazing. They're always good. I still listen to them quite a bit, so definitely I'll, I'll plug plug them if I can. I can I'll just plug you again because you know your reviews are always on point, fun. Like you, uh, and like every, anybody you bring on are really good. So no, I don't really got anything to plug. Like if you want to follow me, I mean, I think my. Uh, I'm still trying to be bad. So mm. a, a little, a little homage to Johnny be bad, of course, because that guy was, that guy was awesome. That guy, I love him. And he, 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 he had Sable. He had Sable. Mm. Sable or Tracy no. Brooks. He had, he had Tracy Brooks. No, I'm saying Sable or Tracy Brooks. Oh, I got to choose one. Yes. Oh my God. Like, I don't know. It's like I'm walking in Silicon Valley here. Um, <laughs> I, I never, I, I didn't go ahead. No, I was about to say, I never really got Tracy Brooks. It's the weirdest. Maybe I, she I mean, kind of looks like my mom a little bit, like minus the tits. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why. <laughs> Pictures or I don't believe you. Um, No, uh, <laughs> um, Tracy Brooks, I mean, like, I, like, obviously she's attractive, but like, not for me, I guess. I'm, I'm, a, I was a big mm. Sable fan back in the day, like, as a kid, seeing Sable on screen, she was just, to me, hot as hell, even though she looked like she was like 45 at that point. But see, I thought Tracy Brooks kind of always looked like 40, you know, like even like in yeah, Ring of Honor did. time period. Yeah. And like same thing. Her, it looks like her face is kind of like getting sucked in like slowly into her nose. So I wasn't. Mm. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm not here to like. No, she she wasn't that hot. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> didn't see him punk date her for a bit. I'm sure that he did. I mean, he 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 did his rounds. He was he was dating like basically everybody there. Like I mean, you know, he, I mean, he probably dated you for a bit, right? I mean, I let's just say I would have definitely put out for him if if we ever did. Mm, yeah. I wanted that CM junk because he's a CM punk, and then uh, I want some of that CM spunk, and then because uh, <laughs> that's so <still> Raven. <laughs> Once again, thank you to Charlie for hopping back on the apron bump, talking some TNA wrestling. Go check out Charlie. Go check out the Get Show podcast. All of that in the description. You know the deal. Um, check me out if you want. If you've made it this far, might as well just follow me on all the social medias at Apron Bump all across the board. TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, X, Facebook, MySpace, uh, Omegle. Actually, I think they just shut down Omegle. Am I wrong? I think I read that somewhere. Damn. Rest in peace, pedophiles, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think it's about, they got they about does it. Thank you for uh, popping in here and giving me a gander. Two, and a go- two goose is a gander. What's the saying? 
what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And what's good for you is to goose me. I don't know. Isn't it like grabbing somebody's balls? What does it mean to goose somebody? That's a thing. What? I mean, if you've made it this far, I think we're just hanging out at this point, right? What does it mean to goose someone? It's, let me tell you, let me tell you. It means to poke, <laughs> definition, to poke between the buttocks to startle. A, to prod or urge to action or an emotional reaction. The promise of time off may goose the workers and Wait, hold on. I think I got confused there. So if you put your finger in somebody's ass, then you, you, you increase profits. What? I don't know. Well, goose me. I, I mean, this all seems great. Like every element of this seems like a positive. So give me a goose. Give me a gander. That's what I say. That's a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Love you all. Big smooches all around. Mm. I'm hard. Yeah. It's the hardest, talk around and disregard it Trip you off the ground, show you what heart is Standing strong and proud of me and I guess Let's get started It's the hardest, talk around and disregard it Trip you off the ground, show you what heart is Standing strong